We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more again, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. We can get rolling. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Live It Full podcast. If you could do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, like, leave us a five-star review, go to our Facebook, Instagram. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and leave us a, uh, go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, uh, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it in your stories, let everybody know where to find us because we want to make sure we help people live it full. But we've got a great show for you today. Um, I'm in in the studio by myself. I've got a good friend of mine, Brian McKittrick, on zoom with us and he's going to go through a few things we're going to learn a little bit about him he's a guy who i think embodies our ethos of live it full through business through family through faith through everything and so i'm excited to have him on the show today um brian why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself i don't like introducing my guests more than that because i think uh, you give your story a little bit better than yeah okay awesome thank you i appreciate you having me um so like yourself i am in the insurance space so my company is insurance of texas that's my brokerage uh, if you're seeing this video i also have a training school texas insurance training academy i've uh, been an active broker actually been licensed since 2005 but full-time active since 2015. Uh, prior to that i spent about 12 years managing in the retail space store management sales management and retail um i've always been a top performer do you have some trophies in the background? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, nobody ever cares about insurance trophies except other people in insurance. That's what I've figured out. Yeah. You know, it's well, the cool thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We always want to talk about the record uh, or what we sell and that kind of thing. Uh, I did a started a class once, a training class, and I was telling them how much I had sold. Uh, you know, it, it was a health class. So I was telling them how much I'd sold in my first few years. And the first question I got was, is that a lot? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's relative, you know. Um, but the coolest trophy I have up here, I am a father of two. My daughter is about to be 17. My son just turned eight, but this is my Lego family trophy. You can see it in the video there. I saw that the other day. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, my wife made that. That's uh, that's our second version. We have another dog. So we have our uh, my wife, my son, our two dogs are in that photo. And if you're immortalized as Lego, it never goes away, right? That's right. That in bobbleheads. Is what I've figured. Has the one back there. Then you might have one of yourself. I do have one of myself. I have not yeah. gotten there yet, but I have many friends. <laughs> that do. So if anybody's watching this, if they want to send me a bobblehead of Richard, feel free. Um, I will yeah. be here and put it online for you. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, cool, man. So tell them a little bit. You're you're yeah. you know I, I'm in insurance, and we kind of do everything mm-hmm. from you know we're PNC Life and Health. Um, one shop stop for a lot of things for those that know what I do. But tell us a little bit about what you do as far yeah. as because I know you focus more all fifty states health. Life, you know, those kind of things. And I know the living yes. full, full viewers may not care as much about that because we're insurance nerds. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool, you know, in case somebody out there who is needing guidance, they can reach out to you on, on those things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am licensed in all states plus DC in the insurance world. DC is a state. Uh, so I have all states uh, for life, health, and senior plans. Uh, not only that, I have dozens of carriers. So my philosophy is when I'm talking to someone, I don't want them to have to um, be able to not help them. So I went wide and deep with the products in that space. I am licensed for 
property casualty in Texas. So that's uh, home, auto, personal lines, and commercial lines as well. But um, I primarily live in the health space. So on social media, when I'm interacting in groups or get tagged, I want to be able to help anyone and not have to basically, um, you know, walk somebody. So it, it helps me from a sales standpoint, but it also helps the consumer to not have to go from, you know, calling three or four different offices to find out what fits for them. And I don't think people realize the amount of uh, effort it takes to get licensed in all 50 states. A lot of them are reciprocal, yeah. but you still have to go through a process of applying and paying some uh-huh. paying some uh, licensing fees and making sure that you are qualified in that state. And every one of them is yeah. different is the problem. And they all may have different requirements and requirements on continuing education. So anybody sure. that can do that is a stud in my book. Yeah, it's um, yeah, not just monetarily. Luckily, uh, it's weird. Like I, I revolve my license seems to expire like a third of the country every year. So every year I'm revolving a third of the country, it seems like. Uh, but yes, as more states uh, in the health space, there's about, I think we're up to 15 now that operate their own state exchange. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're to participate in those exchanges, that's an additional training as well. So uh, I've yet to do all 15 in a year, but <laughs> um, it, it is interesting though, that as, it, as they expand and get more, you know, that space gets deeper, especially now with Biden coming back in office, they're going to probably expand that even more. Yeah. I noticed they, uh, they had went ahead and reopened enrollment, um, for the marketplace, which is correct. And again, insurance nerds here talking, but if anybody needs (laughs) any, any health coverage out there, um, or if they have questions or, um, you know, you have things coming up or things, you have life events to change, you know, we'll, we'll get you Brian's info. He can definitely help you out whether you're in, in Texas or DC or Florida or California or any of the, Great 50 everywhere can help you out, which is a good thing to have one point of contact on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. If I had to ask you one question on this, if you could give me, and maybe it relates to core values, what I call is, is a life ethos. You know, ours okay. is ours is faith, family, finance. We're going to live every day to the fullest. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. live every day with purpose um, with those being our priorities. If you had to nail down one sentence or one thought, that's your life ethos. What would that be, man? So, um, I think in terms of uh, what I call teams, now teams to me in my business sense, my business core values is an acronym, uh, but I, I think about the group. So if you look at, you know, what's my, what's my office team, what's my business team. And then from there, what's our, what's our personal team. You know, if we're all, I say team, a team comes together for a common purpose and a common goal. So your family is can be a team that whether that's your immediate family, your you know spouse and kids, or they're your greater family when you get your uncles, cousins, and that in that regard, then you've got your core business team, and then beyond that, maybe the network you associate with. You and I are both in the Apex Executive Group. That in itself is very much like a team. That's been kind of my philosophy is that is the team mindset. Yeah, no, I mean I think that that's uh, then you can delineate what team is what. Um, I think sometimes we mm-hmm. call them tribe, we call them family, we call them circle. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I, lied, I haven't heard anybody really go with team, so I definitely like that. Um, one thing that I think that you're well known for, at least in the uh, the social media space, are dad jokes. Yeah. Um, you post <laughs> one a day, at least on Instagram that I've seen. And so, I do one a day, yeah. Um, I never <laughs> thought I would be at a point in my life um, where I said dad jokes fairly frequently. It's amazing the transitions that we go through as we uh, get a little bit older and we have, we sure. have running around. Uh-huh. Favorite dad joke? Throw it at me. Man, uh, I don't know about favorite because I, I come across uh, so many. Uh, one that I laughed pretty hard at um, uh, a couple weeks ago was, okay, 
Did you hear about the award they gave the guy who created knock knock jokes? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, they're they're giving him the Nobel Prize. <laughs> the best ones make you think for a minute. If you think for just a second, yeah, some of them are, yeah. I like uh, but yeah, I, I've. Uh, what's funny now is, I, so I post one a day. So that that started with it was I think November or December. I was having lunch with my wife and son, and they had been to the mall. And they had a bunch of stuff. And he goes, hey, dad, I got you this. And it was a calendar, a desk calendar. One of those every day is a, is a one. So I said, oh, okay. And I started looking at it. And I'd already had a book that I found at uh, the bookstore. And so when I got this calendar, I took a picture of it and shared it within the Apex group. I says, okay, thank you, son, for one year's worth of content. So I told him that every day I will share one. So um, I went as far as mating myself into a cartoon so you see that posted on Instagram. Sometimes I'll share just like the, car, the the calendar page itself. But sometimes it's weird. Like they bundled the weekend together. I guess people don't. So Saturday and Sunday's together. So I'll take the take it into my cartoon and write a joke in there. Or people will share jokes with me now. It's, it's so funny. I'll get text messages or, or social media DMs with jokes in there. Yeah, that's funny how that happens once you start. Um once you start doing those things, people associate you with it. I, I occasionally get text messages and emails and messages um, as the live it fool guy, um, which I think is funny. Yeah. I have one friend who knows exactly what I'm doing and he'll send me something. Do this for your live it fool thing. Uh-huh. You know, I always just kind of laugh because he's like that thing you do. Um, but yet he you watches do. everything I do. So <laughs> he's just messing with me. Um, that's and funny. What? Well, you, you you don't realize that people are really watching until you know, like, you know, a couple of weeks down the line or a couple of months down the line, people uh, will say something to you or share a joke with you. It's like, I never see this person interact with me yet. They've been watching because they don't. There are more stalkers out there than likers. You know what I, I mean? There, yeah, there's yeah. I think you get a lot more. And if you follow analytics on social media, um, which anybody mm-hmm. in this sphere, which really anybody with a business should be cognizant of impressions on social media. I don't care what business you're in. If you're selling something, providing a service, providing a product, whatever it is, you've got to understand impressions on social media. Um, okay. But what, you know, it, I think you have a lot of people because you may, let's say you put a post out there and you get 50 or 100 likes, mm-hmm. but a thousand people saw it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they wild. glanced over it casually. They just didn't think, you know, I'm going to like that. Now, we all do and that, that are cognizant of it because of Facebook and Instagram and, sure. and LinkedIn yeah. and everything because the algorithms, we know mm-hmm. that we want our friends' posts to go to the top. So we're going to like it and comment and share it. Um, right. Most people don't probably understand that that aren't in that sphere every day of social media. And so they don't right. do those things, but you're right. I mean, people see things in a much greater frequency than we think, and they're always watching um, yeah, it, because they, they maybe want to hate, they maybe want to love, but you know, they're always watching. Um, the haters sometimes are your biggest fans. There's one guy, uh, Demetrius, he, um, he comments every day on them, but his reaction is how I know if it's a good joke or not. Cause he'll either comment with like, it's always a sticker or a GIF. And so if it's a positive one, then that's a joke that landed it. Or he'll do one like the Bob's burger uh, sticker where he's like, you know, that's awful. I like it. So, <laughs> so our kids go to a private Christian school right now for elementary. We believe in laying a firm foundation. Um, Mine does too. They'll go to public school. Uh, yeah. in fourth or fifth grade, generally my, my okay. oldest will go next year. Um, but what's uh-huh. funny is I had told my oldest, um, probably when she was six or seven, she's nine now. I had told her, um, a dad joke that, um, maybe I shouldn't have, but she told it at school. And so I got one of those calls. Um, <laughs> but Brian, what, what uh, did the fish say when it swam into the wall? I don't know. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. 
It's damn. Da- <laughs> nice. You know, damn. Not- <laughs> D-A-M. Yes, D-A-M. <laughs> Hey, which I think is a phenomenal joke because what other walls would a fish swim into? You know, exactly. um, yeah. <laughs> her teacher did not find it as actually, I think she thought it was hilarious. She just felt like she needed to tell me because um, it was school. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know? So that, that happens occasionally. So, you know, my wife is always proud of me. I haven't had a haven't had a call yet on this one, but Mason and I are doing a lot of puns with the word sheet. Yeah. So when I put I've, so his whole life, he's eight, his whole life, I've been the one to put him to bed. That started because uh, when he was a baby, my, my wife got sick in the hospital. So like the first two or three weeks, I was really his main caretaker. Uh, but anyway, I put him to bed every night and we'll make a joke about sheet. Like, this blanket smells funny. This sheet smells. Yeah. <laughs> I like or, it. Yeah. Do you want the whole blanket or just a piece of sheet? <laughs> yeah. Keep them right. I like that. That's going to get you in trouble at some point, man. And oh, totally. Too- so I do bedtime for the kids most of the time too. Um, I don't know if that's a normal thing with uh, with families or not, but I, I've always kind of taken that role too with all the kids because it's a good time for me to, I, I traditionally have done bath with them and then put them to bed, especially if my wife's had them longer in the day than I have or, you know, okay. yeah. other times. Um, and a lot of times I cook dinner. So it makes sense because she'll, will, you know, be having her yeah. time with the kids while I do that and, and vice versa. So it just kind of depends. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Um we, I generally put the girls upstairs and, 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 and help them go to sleep and those kind of things. But yeah, the, the other one that's a favorite of mine is, um, Oh, how does that one go? Oh, I went to, you know, I went to this zoo one time and it only had, it only had a, um, one dog there. Do you know what it was? It was a shih tzu. A shih tzu. (laughs) One dog in a zoo. Yeah. Shih tzu. That was the kind of dog, not the zoo, man. I, I was waiting for That's that. Hilarious. That's a dad. Yeah, see, dad jokes, you kind of have to chuckle every once in a while. It's not always a hard laugh. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting for them to tell that one at school. Well, it, it, what's funny is that um, I see people like, I, they, don't, they don't, once again, don't interact, but then they'll share them. Yeah. So uh, one person shared his on shared one of mine on his Instagram story, which I thought was a big win. I was like, I don't ever see this person do something like that. And um, the joke share was... Um, Statistically speaking, six out of seven dwarves are not happy. I saw that one the other day. I thought it was good. <laughs> I may I may have to throw that one on my kids for sure. All right, man. So I know you took uh, your son's name's Mason, right? Yep. I'm not making that up. I thought so. So he um, he went with you to an Apex meetup. Yes. I, I yeah. don't remember which one it was. It wasn't one that I was able to attend because I think it was on a Thursday, and I I went in on yeah. Friday for our normal mm-hmm. executives meeting once a month. Um, yeah. and it's hard for me to be gone um, two days in a row unless it's really planned out with uh, everything we have going on. Sure. Um, but tell us a little bit about that because I yeah. think it's really cool that you took him to a meeting that um, honestly, I, I think we try to instill in our kids entrepreneurship and thinking differently mm-hmm. and, and it's okay to be a misfit kind yeah. of mindset, you know. Um, but I don't know that I would take mine because I think that Macy or Meredith would be bored. You know what I okay. mean? I think that they would struggle with, uh, they would be asking for an iPad yeah, or a, or a switch. So tell me a little bit about that experience, sure. taking him to an event where I, I mean, I heard he got pretty jacked up about it and had a good time he, and was taking he, notes. Yeah. He, um, so yeah, Mason's eight. So, um, in, in February, um, that we, there was an apex live is what they call it. Apex live. And, uh, they want to do them quarterly. I spoke at one in December. Um, and so Mason has kind of been, I, I've been kind of involving him with um, the Apex stuff, Ryan Stuman's books, uh, the podcast that he does. So 
the, where that came from for me was I remember being in my early twenties um, and or mid twenties and finding Zig Ziglar stuff. That was my first exposure to it. Uh, Ziglar, Covey, um, John Maxwell, things like that. And I really took hold to it because in the early two thousands, I think Oh three. Yeah. Oh three was my first time I took a sales manager role. So I really wanted to do it right. So I started getting that kind of stuff. Um, but I ended up moving shortly after and then kind of lament missing out on uh, Ziggler's Born to Win series that he used to do because I, uh, I believe he died in 08. Yeah, I've listened <clears> to so, Born to Win. You've got to, if you're going to, if you're going to yeah. win, you got to plan to win, prepare to win. You were born yeah. to win that whole thing. It's a great series. It is available in audiobook. Um, I, I know that they put together his live performances mm-hmm. and, and put it Did into an audiobook. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, had to stay motivated the entire 18. He calls it 18 tape series because that's back when he recorded it. Um, and I wore that out in my CD player in my car. Wore out uh, ha- um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People on books on tape. Literally, my uh, my car at the time had a tape player and a CD. So um, anyway, so I lament missing that uh, when I was younger, and I didn't wasn't exposed to it when I was a kid. So I wanted to involve Mason. So I took him to, uh, I got it cleared first. I asked Ruby, then I, um, he talked to Ryan and Amy and said, yeah, bring him on. As long as you don't care about the language, he can come. So he was actually come to find out he was not the only child of someone. He was just the only one underage because Monica Byers took her like 17 or 18 year old daughter, uh, as well. But, uh, anyway, I asked him if he wanted to go and he said, yeah, I told his school administrator, he does go to a private school. I said, you need to consider this a field trip because this is. You know, entrepreneur business related, he's going to learn. And um, to his credit, he lived, actually stayed engaged the entire time. He was, he participated. Um, our friend Arnie did an exercise with Facebook groups. He did that. He has his own little website that we're working on building. It's called doing dad, I'm sorry, doing dog business. It's dog related, like newsletter, little items to sell. So we're trying to set up a store with that. So he was, he was engaged how he can use those things in his business. And then when Ryan, uh, spoke at the end of the uh, end of the day. He was super, super duper excited for that. That is super cool, man. Um, you know what's funny is my oldest the other day. She came to me and said, "Hey, Dad, I want to be a YouTuber." And honestly, probably <laughs> three or four years ago, yeah. I would have been like, um, "Yeah, let's think about a profession for you that you can do and make money." Um, but realistically, yeah. I didn't want to squash that at all because who says she can't be? We're in this precipice of of new possibilities. Yeah. I mean, there's kids out there making totally. dollars a year getting, you know, a couple, you get two, three million or two, three million views on YouTube on a stupid unboxing a toy mm-hmm. channel. I mean, you can make a ton of money. Yeah. And so I don't want to discourage that at all, but my mind shifts really, really changed on it. But I said, here's the deal, honey. Like we have to, if you want to do it, I'll facilitate it. I've got the technology. Mm-hmm. I've got the means to get it, you know, to do it right. Sure. And to publicize it and, and promote it. And, and I said, we can do that. but you're going to have to think out about it a little bit differently, you know, about how we go about it. And Mm -hmm. it's, you don't want, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into being a YouTuber. Yeah. It's not, not, it's not as simple as what people think. I'm throwing up a selfie video and, and making it happen. Maybe that works for the Kardashians. um, But I think they still put in quite a bit of work to make those things happen. It'd be perfect. Oh, Um, totally. And so, I mean, we had that conversation probably was this week. um, Today's Mm -hmm. maybe Monday. And so I think that's kind of cool that, that they're thinking differently. And I was talking to a friend of mine that teaches some technology courses at a local high school that does some collegiate work. And uh, you graduate with an associate's basically, but they've got a drone program. And okay. I said, what are y'all doing with podcasting or like audio visual, you know, that kind of stuff? And he's like, I'm teaching it. 
So I think it's cool that there's awesome. there's guys yeah. out there that there's high schools that they are teaching some of this stuff that we've had to kind of as business owners figure out how to do on our own. Yeah. You know, and can you make money doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, is it different than a traditional way? Probably. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, but does it supplement some other things? Can it? 100%. They just paid Joe Rogan $100 right. million dollars to put his podcast on exclusively on Spotify. And if you'd asked dude, the Fear Factor dude 15 years ago was going to get paid $100 million to sit in front of top people and talk, I would have been right. like, you're crazy, man. I, you know what's wild about that? He does it for like an hour and a half or sometimes oh, over longer than that. Podcasts are insanely long. They're like Tim Ferriss long. Well, not quite. Yeah, his, his, are, his are so long. Yeah. But they're good. I mean, you sit there and you listen yeah. to him and you're like, he's got some amazing guests on there. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty cool deal. So it's, I just, I think it's really neat that we have children who are interested in those things mm-hmm. and that we can help them. We can be who we needed when we were younger. Um, cause right. I, same way, man. I remember reading, um, thinking grow rich when I was probably 19 or 20. It's before it's right before I met my wife. And I still credit that book with changing my mindset on things. Because when I was yeah. talking to family and friends about different ideas I had in, in college yeah. about business, um, some of them just told me I was stupid or crazy or that's risky. Don't do that. Um, and I met yeah. a guy, um, who number one had taken risk and he was a financial planner and an insurance guy. And he told me I piss on everybody in my family and they all told me the same thing. And he meant it nicely as nice as he yeah. could put it. But the man yeah. did very, very well. Yeah. His family was not very well off for the most part. And I right. remember him telling me that. And But they told him the same things. That's risky. Don't do that. Like you could fail. Well, of course I could fail. I probably will fail, but that's okay. But I remember being shot yeah. down on stuff when I, you know, by some people and that think and grow rich completely. At that point, I didn't care what people thought anymore. It completely yeah. changed my mindset. Um, and then I got into Ziegler and Maxwell and Stephen Covey and and right. all of those guys, and they're still in my regular rotation. It's amazing how some people just have it. You know, you, you know, they can just keep putting out great stuff. 50, you know, yeah, eighty years ago, thinking of Richard written in the thirties, almost a hundred yeah. years ago. I'm thinking like it's Gandhi yeah. still, but it, it is wild. I can't imagine what uh, I know. Zig's not around anymore, but his son Tom took that reign. Now, he's kind of reselling Zig's programs and updating him for this day and age. But uh, I got a um, Facebook ad message earlier. I kind of follow this website, but. John Maxwell's got a new book. Yeah, it's like my goodness, the guy's been around for so stinking long. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, growing up, my my mom was the not the encourager type. She was the question every time type thing. I remember uh, a couple of friends of mine started playing guitar. I wanted to start playing bass with them, and uh, I found a friend who was willing to sell me a bass at a pretty really cheap price. And so I went to my mom and told her about it. She was like, "Well, you don't know how to play bass." I was like, yeah, I need to buy one to learn though, don't I? <laughs> how does that work? But, Do I learn how to my, play it and then buy yeah, it? Or I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so but my dad says, okay, I'll I'll give you the money, but you know, do a couple of things for me. He made he gave me a couple of chores to do, then he gave me the money to to do it. So my dad was the was the encourager. My mom was um was the I wouldn't say discourager, but the one that was always um pessimistic about everything. Yeah, no, man, I hear you. So I, I just think it's cool that we can take the opportunities to teach our kids at eight, nine, 10 years old versus mm-hmm. what we had to learn in our 20, early 20s. Right. You know? and, and what they take from it, I don't know. We'll find out. Ask me again in 10 years. Um, hopefully they get get a lot out of it and they see that that that's a direction that they can go without having to find it out on their own. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, um, especially yep. when you have somebody close to you saying you can do it. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, Mason committed to, so his, he goes to a, a private school, but, um, it's some kind of very old classical program. I don't know the name of it. My wife does, but, uh, 
he only goes to school four days a week. So on Friday, he comes to the office with me and he's responsible to do something in his deal. So I, I did get him a, an inexpensive digital course. Uh, I made sure that the person uh, that I got it from, I said, this is something that he can handle. He says, yeah, within a couple of different things, but yes, for the most part, Mason can handle it. So he's committed to doing that once a week and he's going to turn that into his, um, his website. And the cool thing is, people that saw me take him there that were really excited to, to, you know, bring a child into the mix, they're willing to help out. So I got another an apex executive who's willing to help me um, get Mason going on his little website. That's awesome, man. And that's yeah. the cool thing is when you know how, when you know people it makes it a lot easier when your kid says, Hey, I want to be a YouTuber. And I'm like, Hey, I know some people that make a lot of money on YouTube. Yep. Let's meet them. You know what I mean? That's such a cool thing. Um, when you when you have those connections, man. Is there any, is there anything else you want to add? I want to be respectful. Yep. Of your time. I know it's a busy day for everybody. Um, anything you want to throw out there before we before we wrap it up? Uh, the, the biggest catalyst for me in the last um, um, few months has been uh, been network. So um, I, I would encourage anybody if you're not already to get around a network, a uh, positive network, whether that's an entrepreneur group or some other type of social group that um, puts you around other people. That you know, if if you're not like minded within your family or your inner circle. Uh, you're going to find people around that very much are. So I, I really appreciate that about the uh, Apex group. And then now with the Apex executive, it really is a brother sisterhood type thing. Oh, for sure, man. Um, yeah. That's the number one piece of advice I give people is surround yourself with with people who may not think exactly like you do, but have the same passion and intensity and and mm-hmm. and can push you forward and won't tell you that's risky. They'll say, let's figure out how to make it work. Exactly. I, I agree with you, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, Brian. Um, I think we've got a yeah. lot of stuff out of there. I think that you do embody our, our ethos of live it full. And so if you're out there listening, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, like us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, find us on LinkedIn, share it, um, share it with all your friends, because that's how we get the word out. Um, I can only do so much as far as pushing it out on social media. We get it through, through, through our friends and family, sharing that and make it grow like wildfire. We appreciate you being on today, Brian, and I hope that you can live it full, man. Listen to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Living Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full Podcast. <laughs>